0: Welcome to the Sunday Sermons podcast. It was recorded on a Sunday morning at Morrison Hill Christian Church in Kingston, Tennessee. Our prayer is that the truths and strategies presented in this message will equip you to become a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. God, we praise you because we know that is true, and we're here today to proclaim it together and to praise your name. And uh, I pray that you'd unite us all in that purpose, and that as John comes and preaches, you'd give us ears to hear and hearts to obey, and um, that through his message and through all that we're learning in this series, you'd be changing us to be more like Jesus and um, building us up as the body of Christ, doing your will. In your name I pray, Amen. amen. Once again, good morning and welcome to Morrison Hill Christian Church. We say that over and over because we're so excited that there are people here, and that there are people joining us. And uh, we you are so welcome here. We hope you sense that. We hope that you know that because it is true. I wanna say a special thank you to Seth Gunter and Noah and the rest of the media team for the uh, additional upgrade that happened this week on the online experience. Later you guys could check that out. But really excited about st- still making some more steps in that direction. But here we are in person this morning and it's fun to be able to see some real-life people so thank you guys for being here as well here we go uh, we're going to jump right in uh, there we are several weeks in now to a series called be the body and we're looking how to be the body of Christ better than we've ever done that before once again that's not a a criticism on anything in the past it's just this is how we do this is what authentic faith looks like we continually come back to what the scriptures actually say and then we examine what we're actually doing against that it's it's that simple and that's where we're at here's where we've been so far we've remembered together that God created us to work together, that each one has a part and we need to play that part. We need to figure out what that is and we need to play it. Secondly, we the second week we looked at how the way we get stronger is that we do stuff. Just like working out with weights or anything else that you practice, you get better at it the more you do it. And the more one person gets stronger, the more everybody else has to compensate for them and the more everybody gets stronger. And that's just how it works, which leads us to where we are today. That God's dream is not just that we get stronger, but that we do stuff. Just like when athletes train, they, they really get excited when they get a really good time in training, when they get a little bit better at whatever they're doing and they have a really good practice. But the point is actually playing the game if you're training to be stronger and and it, it feels really good to lift something heavy in the gym but when you realize in real life walking around that you're stronger you're able to do more stuff that's really what it's all about And it's the same way with the body of christ and the way that we need to do this is that we harmonize first corinthians 110 we've looked at that several times uh, this this time but it tells us that we cannot have any divisions. Instead, we have got to harmonize with each other. So um, here's something that I wanted to uh, just show you. This is me in the gym down at Faust Family Fitness the other day. And uh, I just got to let you know, this is kind of embarrassing, but I've been working out for a really long time. And if you follow me around in the gym, you might believe that, depending on what exercise I was doing. But if you ever saw me try to do a pull-up, and the key word there is try to do a pull-up, you would not believe that I'd ever worked out in my life. It's it's a constant battle. And what I'm working out right now is uh, a system where I pull like this little table-looking thing over there, and I jump up, and my whole body is basically doing the quote-unquote pull-up. I jump up, and then I lower myself down little by little. Okay? And that's my pull-up. It's actually kind of a let down in every sense, in every sense. But I share that, and I went ahead and realized as I was doing that, that it went with the the Friday morning I took this picture. I realized that this goes along with how this works in the body of Christ, is the reason we're a body is we we do help each other compensate. We work together. The the, the stuff has to get done, and when you just go ahead and do it anyway, whatever that takes, that's where we all get stronger. And the dream is maybe someday I'll even be able to do a pull-up, and eventually the weaker parts of our body will get stronger as well. Does that make sense? I hope so. Here's one more thing just to experience harmony in real life. You guys can join us online. You're in this group when you see my hand going this way. But we're going to sing a little song together. This is an old worship chorus. We're just going to do one. If you know it, sing it loud. If you don't, jump in anyway. We've got to do this together and we've got to do it quick. Here we go. Father, I adore you, and I lay my life before you, how I love you. That's awesome. Now here's what we're going to do. This side of the room, you guys are going to start it, and that's you guys too, and when you get to the end, you're going to repeat how I love you again, okay? Everybody got that? Father, I adore you all the way to the end, and then repeat the line, "How I love you." You guys, I'm going to sing with you guys, but when they get to and I, that's when we jump in with "Father," and then we're going to sing, we'll all end up together. So here we go. Father I adore you Father) Everybody know how I love you. That's good. That's what it looks like. We can all be doing different things at different times. But when we all work together for the same goals, we can find harmony. We can find unity. Good job. So again, you're just still laying a foundation, making sure that whether this is your first time to be in this series or you've been at every single one, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page as we jump deep into God's word and into some very practical application this morning. Uh, One more thing. We've been using a graphic that shows three parts of the body. These categories are not actually in the Bible. They're just how we're trying to make it make a little more sense using the metaphor that is in the Bible. The metaphor in the Bible is that we are the body of Christ. But our bodies have senses. Without senses, we would be completely unaware of where we are, of what's going on, of what other people are saying to us, of, of anything beautiful or good in the world without senses. So there are a bunch of these gifts The Bible doesn't put them in that category, but there are a bunch of these gifts that are how we stay aware of what God is saying, what each other is saying, what's really going on in our own hearts, what's really going on in the world that communicate. All of those gifts we're calling the senses gifts. Does that make sense? And then the second group, your core is where all of the stuff that keeps you going are. Your heart, and your lungs, and your cardiovascular system, your nervous system. Everything that connects everything, everything that kind of keeps you going is in the core. So all the leadership gifts, the giving gifts, the encouraging gifts, the teaching gifts. All of those, we're putting those in the core category. Make sense? Again, it's just there to help us make sense. So if it doesn't, don't worry about it. You can be in all of these categories at once. And most of us are because the only person in charge of who gets these gifts and how they're used is the Holy Spirit of God himself. The third category is the limbs. Those are the people actually do stuff. But just like your hands and feet, we talk about being the hands and feet of Jesus. Your hands and feet don't do anything unless your arms and shoulders and the rest of you also is engaged. Right? Does that make sense? One more time I'll show you this and then I'm going to take these home. This is how all of that works. When one part of your body, like this kind of a lift is mostly your deltoids, right? Mostly, mostly this guy right here, okay? But that's not all that's going on there. Every part of my body has to work and be engaged for this muscle to do a special thing. We're all, the whole thing is working. And ideally, the more you do that, the more your entire body gets stronger and able to work together. All right, so there's the foundation. Ready to move on? All right, here we go. Uh, We're going to jump into Ephesians chapter 4. One of those passages I've asked you to be marinating in. I hope that you have done that. But this is starting with verse 11. Paul writes this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists. The pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Want you to notice a couple things before we move on? Yeah, a couple things include this. One, he's kind of blurring the lines between the gifts, the actual spiritual gifts, and also the roles that people with those gifts play. And in this passage, it almost sounds like that the roles that he's created for us to play are also gifts to the church. Which is a really neat idea, and that is how it works. I hope that enlightens you more than it confuses you. But those lines are blurry between the gifts themselves and the roles that God has created the gifted people to play. But what's very clear in here, and I don't want you to miss this, is the role of leaders, the role of teachers, the role of the core. It's to motivate everybody to do God's work. It's not to do it for them, and it's not just to talk about it. It's if we are leading you... We are actually getting you doing stuff. We are taking you on a journey with us. That's what we need you to pray for. That's what we need you to participate in. Let's keep on. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children, We won't be tossed and blown about by every new wind of teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes his whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And this vision for God's body is unconditional. This is no matter what. This does not depend on circumstances. This is not if everything's going really well, if there's no pandemic, if nobody's upset about anything in the nation at the time. This is always what God's people are to be about And I hope that you remember that as we start to learn to play these parts better than ever, we're all important. None of us are the same. We've got to remember that. And here's the other thing. Discouragement, disconnection, and division are not from God. Anything that you're feeling God telling you, any conviction that you're feeling that's, try, that's trying to help you reconnect with him, reconnect with his people, get busier at doing what he created you to do, that's God. Anything that's trying to get you to pull away, to say, you know what, I'm just going to go over here and let the rest of the body do their thing. That doesn't come from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, another one of these passages. I hope that you're marinating in just like I have been lately. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning with verse 27. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles. Second are prophets. Third are teachers. Then those who do miracles. Then those who have the gift of healing. Those who help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. Those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you the way that is the best of all. Now, notice uh, 1 Corinthians 12 comes right before 1 Corinthians 13. Kind of makes sense, right? And 1 Corinthians 13 is the famous love chapter, which comes right before 1 Corinthians 14, which is where Paul digs even deeper into how to apply all of the gift stuff in the context of love. And all that comes right after 1 Corinthians 11 that reminds us that when we take communion, we have got to acknowledge the broken body of Jesus, that body of Christ, and also this body of Christ, that all of that is part of our worship and that it is absolutely not okay with God for us not to acknowledge the body of Christ when we worship together. All of this is tied together. But 1 Corinthians 13 is kind of the heart of this passage of how to deal with all of the gifts and how to apply them. When I was a kid, I had to memorize it. And I remember, I learned it from the NIV. By the way, just for copyright purposes and being right, if I don't say otherwise today, most of the ones I'm quoting from are from the New Living Translation. This is from the NIV. It won't be on the screen because I'm quoting it. Also, I'll tell you at one point, I'm quoting from the Passion Translation. But I remember as I was growing up, I had to memorize this. And that last line there, it says, now let me show you the way of life that's best of all. It says, now let me show you the most excellent way. Now the first verse of 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, but I have not love, I gain nothing. And he goes on with beautiful poetry to to basically list all these gifts and all these roles one more time, kind of a short version of that. But then he goes into what love is. And just in case we misunderstand, he makes it very, very clear. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. And he lists a bunch of other things, like it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's what love looks like. And underneath all of this stuff, all of this stuff about being the body of Christ, those things are true for all of us. We're all different, but those are some of the things that have to be the same. Even how we understand this list, I know that's different based on where you've grown up, what church you've been in. There's a huge span of how to understand this passage all the way from some people don't believe some of the miraculous things are allowed to happen anymore, all the way to some people think it has to happen every day or it's not church, and there's a huge span in between. The key to understand all of this is love. Does that make sense? Bishop T.D. Jakes, I quoted the same quote last week, and I'm saying it again because it's so perfect for where we're going right now. He said, the road to connectivity starts with what connects you rather than what divides you. The road to connectivity starts with what connects you rather than what divides you. In other words, we can't start to fix what's different between us. We can't start to work out any conflict with just trying to assume that we're all on the same page about everything else and just focus on that conflict. All that happens is we just butt heads. But if we start with what connects us, if we start with our commitment, our unconditional commitment to love, and to unity, and to working together to get God's will done on this planet, then there's hope. That's the only, that's the only way there is hope. Are you guys hearing what I'm telling you this morning? Because right now, there's so many forces that are trying to tear us apart. So many. And the only hope for this world, not just the church, is if God's people get this right. We've got to not just be committed to being committed. It's got to do that too. But it's not just committed to being committed. It's committed to together getting his stuff done. So what kind of stuff does Jesus want done? Some of it is so clear you can't hardly misunderstand it. It's hard to have a spectrum of understanding between some people think this and some people think that. Some of it's just so obvious, it it just jumps off the page and we just got to either do it or not do it. And I'm saying, let's do it. Matthew 25 is one that I've come back to several times. Jesus said that when Jesus, when he, the son of man, the king, when he comes back, that he's going to separate his people like a shepherd separates sheep from goats. I don't think it's an accident that he uses sheep and goats as symbols here because goats are kind of, they're all about doing their own thing. I don't know if you've ever been around goats very much, but if you lead them beside still waters and take them to nice, wonderful places like it talks about a good shepherd does in Psalm 23, that's, they're down with that. But they're also okay with uh, drinking out of mud puddles and eating poison ivy. If you, get, if you have a group for them, they'll kind of sort of stay in the group, but they don't care. They're fine just being one little goat. Sheep, on the other hand, call them dumb, call them social, call them what you want, but they're built to be in a group. They stay in their flock and they really, really need a shepherd. And Jesus, I don't think it's an accident that he says that the good guys in this particular story are the sheep. Because every metaphor, don't miss this, every single metaphor he uses about his people has that aspect in it. You work together together. And you go in the same direction. You all have the same leader. And I'm not talking about physical leaders. I'm talking all the physical leaders are following the same real leader. The head, Jesus Christ. But in this passage, it gets so practical and so real. You can't hardly miss it. Starting with verse 35. This is from the Passion Translation, by the way. For when you saw me hungry, you fed me. This is Jesus talking to the sheep and when he says, You're, you get to go to heaven. You get to come and spend eternity with me. He says, here's why. When you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you found me thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when I was poorly clothed, you covered me. When I was sick, you tenderly cared for me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And then the godly will answer him, Lord, when did we see you? hungry or thirsty, and give you food or something to drink? When did we see you with no place to stay and invite you in? When did we see you poorly clothed and cover you? When did we see you sick and tenderly care for you or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, don't you know? When you cared for one of the least important of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated love for me. In other words, no matter what else is going on in the world, no matter what other particulars God has laid on your heart as an individual, as a family, as a small group, as a church, as part of the nation, as part of the world, whatever other causes He's also laying on your heart, meeting the physical needs of others is always got to be one of our highest priorities. Always. And this is even more important in times of crisis. It's absolutely more important in times of crisis than it is less important. I, I, I live on the other side of Sinner's Ferry Bridge and I cross that thing every single day. I, it would really complicate my life if Sinner's Ferry Bridge got blown up or closed down or whatever else. Okay. If you don't know what it is, it's on the other side of Food City. It doesn't really matter, I'm just saying. Here's the thing though. If somebody did blow up that bridge, I would not go, wow. I guess we'll all starve to death. I would not say, gosh, what's Morrison Hill going to do? Do you understand what I'm saying? I would find a way to get here. I would find a way to do what needs to be done. That's the easiest way. That's the most obvious way. That's the clearest way. But what needs to be done is much more important than the way we're used to doing it. Let me say that one more time. What needs to be done is always more important than whatever way that we're used to doing it. Craig Rochelle says every major crisis creates unprecedented opportunities if you have eyes to see. That's exactly what we're seeing right now if we have eyes to see. And those of you who have those senses kind of gifts, prophecy and words of knowledge and teaching and all of those things, we need you more than ever to be helping us see the things that God's trying to show us and actually be able to do those things. Dr. Tomas Chamaro Premuzic, I hope I said that right, is an expert in leadership and also the dynamics of leading an entire group, not just being a leader, but how a group works. And he says this, effective leadership in a crisis involves intelligence, curiosity, humility, resilience, empathy, and integrity. That sounds like a pretty cool guy or a pretty cool woman, doesn't it? But the truth is real leaders, effective leaders, they know that these things to have all of those things in the level that you need them to have to be effective, to have all those things that requires a team. That's not all in one person. That's mobilizing all of the gifts everywhere. Even Jesus knows that because Jesus is a good leader. Are you following me on this? That, that intelligence and curiosity, humility, resilience, empathy, integrity, and all the other things you need to actually get somewhere as a group, that's, that's going to be spread out between all the people. And a good leader is going to take what they can from everyone and give what is needed in all the other directions. We need our prophets. Listen to me. Those of you who found out recently, the last couple of weeks, you took those surveys and stuff, you realize you have the gift of prophecy. That means you can, we need you to communicate God's heart to us, to each other, and to the world more than ever before. Those of you who have gifts of wisdom and discernment, we need you to help us think everything through. Anyone who's getting special knowledge from God, please do not hold back. Tell us what He's telling you. There's a reason he tells you things. Everyone who has a gift of mercy, we need you to help us more than ever before to keep offering each other grace, to keep offering each other forgiveness. And one more chance and one more chance as we all struggle to get things right. Anybody who prays in the spirit, I know that means different things to a lot of you. Some people hear that and they think they only hear speaking in tongues. Some people don't think that's part of it. Here's what I know praying in the Spirit is praying in harmony with the Spirit. It's being Spirit led for every single one of us, every part of your bo- the body of Christ, whether you have that particular gift or not. To pray in the Spirit is to sink yourself with the Holy Spirit and with His body and with His will daily, intentionally, with power. And sometimes He intercedes with groans that we don't even have words for. I don't have the gift of speaking in tongues, but I've experienced that many times. Some of my best prayer times with God, I just go to Him and I say, I I just need you to pray for me, Holy Spirit. I don't even know what to say. And it's just silence for me. But I know He's praying and I sense that. I sense His presence. We need everybody. To be praying in the spirit. We need our leaders and our teachers and our givers and our encouragers to keep driving the train. So today in the last, in the last three weeks, uh, today and three more weeks of this series, we're going to actually try to get more practical than we ever have. Instead of me kind of giving you an open-ended open thing, you need to do what you feel like God is leading you to do. I always mean that. And I, I, I believe in that. But these four weeks, I'm gonna give you some specific things that I hope you will do. I want you to pick one. So you're gonna see this slide twice. It's in your bulletin insert. There's a lot of extra space to write in this one. There's also, here's the insert that I'll be referring to. And this is the list where there's extra space. Those of you are at home, these were sent out digitally. I hope you have it. Or you could just grab anything at all and write it down. But I want you to write this down. The first slide you're going to see twice is this. Lord, I will use my gift of blank to blank. I want you to not only acknowledge one of these things that you realize this is who I am. This is one of those things that God wants me to do. This is the part of the body I'm supposed to play. But I want you to get one of these options that we're offering to you, things our church is involved in right this minute, in these categories of meeting actual needs, I want you to say, I'm going to do this. Pick one and actually start doing it. Everybody got it? If you're already doing it, great. Praise God. Dig in even deeper. But some of us, we we need to get started for the first time. Here we go. If you are part of the group that we are calling the senses are the core... We have so many opportunities for you to teach or to lead. I'd like you to pick one of those. I would like you to write down something like, I will use my gift of teaching, my gift of prophecy, my gift of discernment, my gift of leadership, whatever it is. I want you to write down that and then say one of these off this list. We need help leading our students. We need some more leaders. Join the team. There's Billy right there. Okay? Okay? We need help leading our children. We have several, you can talk to Emmeline right after this. We have several new off-campus and online groups that we're starting for adults in this crazy season where a lot of people don't want to come here. Don't want to meet in one little room. So we're going to take it off campus and online in many different ways. We need more people to help us lead those. We need you that are at home primarily. We need you to commit to joining some of those because you need to connect whatever it takes to connect. That's part of God's vision for you as well. We need everybody to pray. We have several different ways to pray. There's some classes going to start. There's, some, there's a Tuesday morning prayer group that meets every single week. There are people who pray here in this service. There are so many different ways that you can pray. We need everybody to pray, and if that is one of your gifts, we need you to lean harder into that. You need to figure out a way that you're going to use your gift. We also need help with Roan County Cooperative Ministries. That's a ministry that we team up with. they help all the churches in town network. It's more important than ever that we do that kind of thing, that all the people in all of God's body work together to meet physical needs. And honestly, right now, I'm on their board, and I'm not doing a very good job because I'm too busy. We need some leaders. We need some visionaries. We need some hard workers, some people with a real heart of meeting actual felt tangible, physical needs in our community outside of church walls to join this ministry. If you're interested, come and talk to me. I'll hook you up with that. Got it? Senses and core people? I hope you all wrote one of those down. Now we go to the limbs. This this can be any of us. Again, God doesn't put you in these boxes. I'm not trying to put you in these boxes. Just trying to help you think it through. But these are things anybody could do no matter what you're gifted in. But especially those of you who your primary gifts are are giving and and doing and helping and serving in practical ways. This is going to fire you up. One of the things that we give out all the time to people who come here for benevolence help is Kroger gift cards. They use that for gas. They use that for food. You can buy a bunch of those. Talk to Joni McKinney later about how to do that. There's a blessing box and a meals ministry here in town that started by the Bartleys. And all you do is you just buy some extra groceries or some extra cleaning supplies and you leave it in the blessing box and people come and get it. Or if you would like to help cook and deliver those meals, kind of like Meals on Wheels except they don't pay you. We just give it to them. Okay? Uh, talk to the Bartleys right afterwards. Okay, If you're online, I can can get you in touch with them. Uh, We also have men's work days. And the men who do these projects don't just do it on those days. They do it a bunch of other days as well. But at least once a month, we're out there serving. We could use a lot more men doing those things, especially the whole month, not just on those days. Uh, There's The ladies serve in many ways. One of the ones that's ongoing always there is the Needle Arts Group. And they do things practically that really help people. It's not just art, even though their art and their fellowship is valuable in and of itself. But they make knitted caps for newborn babies and cancer patients and all kinds of wonderful things as well. There's a bunch of other ministries like that. But if you're into that, you could do that. And one last one that I want to highlight is Family Promise. This is our ministry to uh, the homeless. And they're getting ready, like every ministry, they have really been hit hard by this whole pandemic. But homeless people still need shelter. Are you with me? When we're all being told to shelter at home, if you don't have a home, how do you do that? They're still doing stuff. And we're about to start opening up our, our building again in the very near future, and we still need help. And you need to talk to Miranda back there. Are you with me? I want you to write one of these down. Because these aren't just wonderful poetic ideas. This is practical stuff. These have to be some of our highest priorities no matter what is going on and no matter what else God is also laying on our heart. And I'm asking you as the body of Christ to do this. I'm going to be really, really straight up with you about this and I I, I may be wrong, but we'll see in a couple of years. I believe that the future of not only Morrison Hill Christian Church but God's church around this planet depends on our ability to start focusing on the things we do outside of the walls. I don't blame the coronavirus or anything to do with any of that stuff on God, but I believe he's using it to wake us up. I think our sinner's ferry bridge got blown up. And we've got to figure out what opportunities he's giving us, the ways he wants us to get the jobs done. The jobs have not changed. Brothers and sisters, the jobs have not changed. Just the ways we have to do them. And especially in a season where people don't care what we're doing in this building, they're not going to show up. That can't be our highest priority. We've got to figure out what we're going to do to take the gospel out there. Starting with meeting practical needs. So this morning, one more time, I want you to write this down if you haven't already. Lord, I will use my gift of whatever your gift is to do this thing. And God might be doing other things on your heart as well. And so we're going to give you as always a chance to respond to that. If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you need to give it back, if you'd like to officially become part of a church like ours that is all about these kind of things, I invite you to make whatever choice, whatever public first steps you need. If you need prayer, if you just need prayer, there's going to be people back there just to pray with you. You can come and pray up here. Let this, these stairs be an altar, a place where you just connect with God, a thin place between heaven and earth. Whatever you need to do right now to take a first step, please do that as we stand and sing. That concludes the Sunday Sermons podcast. You can respond to the invitation you just heard where you are right now. Don't waste this opportunity to change your life for the better. If you've made a decision or are interested in learning more, please visit us at morrisonhill.com.